Anyway, hey folks, what are we drinking? Um, so I, I almost have a themed bottle of wine. Um, so it's a bottle of Malbec called... I was going to um, say, Malbec is not a theme, James. So. Well, <laughs> you need to bear with me on this one because it's um, a, a little bit um, obtuse. It's a bottle of Malbec called um, Montevu, um, which almost sounds a bit like Mont Ventoux. <laughs> oh, that's... Um, that is... Um, almost. I, I mean, that's, that's quite oblique, but there we go. But it is okay. the best one I've had so far. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so I'm here in the land of Moosehead. And uh, so they, they sell things here that they don't, uh, you know, export all the way to Ontario. So I've got a uh, Moosehead small batch East Coast IPA. And this might be the best beer I've ever had. This is amazing. I have to take a pile of it back with me. So, uh, yeah. I've got uh, an image of your car uh, driving back with the suspension bottomed out. <laughs> uh, and I'm on squash because it's so warm in the UK, I'm actually on fire at the moment. Um, so and for those of you that aren't watching, none of you are watching, but James and Craig are watching on our Zoom call. Uh, I'm in a dressing gown because I've just gotten out of a cold shower. I'm just, I'm just too warm. It's too warm. Why is it so warm? James, please explain. Um, to, anyway. to, be fair, to be fair, you were doing afternoon drinking. I was doing afternoon drinking in the sunshine, which always helps with the walk type plan. Uh, so, James, where are we this week? This It's a really fun route, I think. Oh, so, this weekend in the Herd Summer Racing League, we have a bit of a treat. It is a single lap of the Free Sisters route in Watopia, coming in at 48.1 kilometres in length with 896 metres of elevation gain. It's a bit of a beauty. Racers will take on the Hilly KOM forwards, Epic KOM and Volcano KOM. For extra fun and games, there's a bonus climb in there too. So you said there's a bonus climb. What's the bonus climb? That would be the radio tower. Oh, beautiful. Um, so, I mean, pity poor Becca, not with us this week. The sprinter of our group. No sprints this week. And, and she's not a climber anymore. Well, she keeps telling us she's not a climber. She's in the herd of rads. That means she's all about 15 second power downhill um, after you've gone, gone down that. What, what's the, the gate? Is it called a gate? It's called a gate and cool starting game. hill. Yes. Yeah. Starting hill. There we go. That's enough BMX chat for now. Genuinely cool course, James. Um, so we head out as as ever from the marina, um, I believe on this one, don't we? So yeah, mm -hmm. typical marine, swift marina start. Up hilly. We, we spoke about hilly a lot. It's kind of two to three minutes of um, uh, a cup where it says 5% on swift. Really, it's two to three minutes. The, the bit at the beginning is harder. Uh, where you've got the steeper sections with the two hairpins and it does flatten out a bit. Um, we've discussed this in the past, haven't we? So I, I'm still of a view that I think you go really hard at the beginning and try and hang on. Um, I think others have been actually can time trial this one a bit more. Um, so yeah, and Craig, you're in. This is one where you will try your extreme, uh, being dropped five seconds or two to three seconds off the back of the pack, and uh, no, no extreme sound, but you're shaking your head. I can't do that on this one. I, uh, I, I just don't have it. So that's, um, it, it's, I don't know. It's just a little bit too long, a little bit too steep um, for that to work for me. Um, on, this, is, uh, this is one of the very, very few hills in Zwift where I've actually beaten Craig during a race on the first one. Granted, he beat me on, on the next um, eight, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you just go, you go at it. 
Um, and I, I cannot believe it's an average of 5%. So between the, I, I can, just because the, the hairpin is flat and mm. then it flattens out at the top. Yeah, um, I, I was expecting more sort of six or seven. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's deceptive. Um, I know I've beaten Craig on this one back when we, when we were in the seas as well. So moving <laughs> on to a, a hill that I have recently, the most the most recent time I raced this against anyone in this chat, I beat James Bailey in, in probably the second best and slowest sprint we ever had against each other, James. Uh, was, was, was the first, bre- uh, first best um, whole lot of lava? Yeah, the one into the volcano. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously. Um, so uh, anyway, check that out on YouTube. Um, so yeah, uh, epic. It's a fun climb. I wish Zwift had more of these. Like it's a 20 minute climb. Um, there just aren't enough of these in Zwift. Um, Mate, if you do this in 20 minutes, I will eat my hand. It's a 20 to 30 minute climb. It's um, uh, So I think most of us have probably got sub 30 minute pbs if you're a, if you're a c you're probably looking at sub 30 minutes if you're a d you're looking at 35 to 40 minutes maybe go up this one i'm guessing um so top, top end of b is probably 22 23 minutes so it's yeah they just there need to be more climbs this length into it um it's fairly steady though isn't it um there's, there's a temptation to go off a bit hard on the steeper bit and then this is the one where you go off along the never-ending bridge um, and once that ends, it's fairly steady from there, isn't it? We, we were discussing before we started recording. There are there are a few flatter sections, but it's a, it, it's a fairly consistent hill, isn't it? And yeah. So you got your um, you got your bit going through the castle, which I think is pretty much your halfway point as well, um, and, and that's flat. Um, and then a bit further on, you've got the like your little dips, which um, once you've gone over the top, um, even though it's the other side. Um, you've got little ramps that you have to climb up, so you can't just see the top the whole way down. But um, yeah, it's 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 generally pretty steady. Um, you got you got the start, which is probably the hardest part, where it probably touches ten to twelve percent. Um, but it's mainly steady, about five. The tunnel yeah. always gets me. Just mm, that's yeah. that's kind of the point where I'm starting to run out, and then it just gets and, that and little little bit steeper. But yeah, and that's about seven, isn't it? Yeah. And if I remember rightly, it's a while since I, since I did Epic, the, the tunnel is also in a way your, your comm line, for want of a better word, because that's where you, when you come out of the tunnel, that's where you hit the, the rollers at the top, isn't it? And uh, yeah. you yeah. can get a bit easier there. So if you can hang with some people at that point, it can be well worthwhile. This one, we again, we're chatting before we started recording. I actually find it easier to draft on this than I do on Volcano. Um, I think the, the point we'll make about both this and Volcano is that they are draftable hills. You're going to be going fast enough that if you can sit ruthlessly on someone's wheel, try and drop them through the tunnel, they then time trot back up to you and then beat them in the sprint at the top. That is a viable tactic, <laughs> as you well know, James. So, um, But no, there is a um, you, you definitely can sit on somebody's wheel and, uh, and use the draft effect. Um, should we talk about the descent? Uh, again, we, we were chatting about this a bit beforehand. I think... It, it's not one way you can kind of get off and stretch, is it? Let's put it that way. No. Um, like you it, can on, uh, on Von Top or Alpha Swift. You do have to pay attention on this. It, it's kind of like Super Tuck Sprint, Super Tuck Sprint, Super Tuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very that's, much so. And it's, that's it. Um, I, I, having not done this in a race for a while, um, I am 
particularly prone, or probably I'm heavier now, so it might not be such a problem, but when I was light and a bee, I was particularly prone to being dropped on the volcano descent because I'm light and, and it's easy to get dropped on the descent. I think that's going to be a, a separator tomorrow on this one, isn't it? Uh, I think you've got to be really careful to get up to your super tuck speed as quickly as you can. Um, and then try and stay in a group, basically. <laughs> I think I think we're kind of missing the fact that after we reach the summit and before we start to descend, there is like a 13% hill in the way. You've just got to pedal. I mean, there, there are no tactics for that, are there? It's just pedal. Um, well, there, there is. There, there is tactics there, Steve. It's, it's not a tactic on the hill, but it's a tactic on the race. It's do you let the group go if they want to go faster than you do to save yourself? Or, to, or conversely, to do, do you wait for a group on this one? So if you've, yep. if you've done the prime quickly, is it worth doing the, the using the bonus climb as a recovery climb, mm. waiting for a few riders behind you um, and forming a group um, so you might descend a bit quicker? 13% hill as a recovery said no one ever. <laughs> Turn the trainer difficulty down to 10, James. It's only a 1% hill. It's fine. So. <laughs> uh, I think uh, Darth Platypus has said this, but uh, no, it's uh, it's tough. So, I, I mean, <laughs> but it, it is all about uh, how hard you go. I mean, you, you're going to, you have to go up the hill. You, you have to put out some power, but it's how hard do you go if, uh, if the group you're with accelerates after the KOM, like I'm waving to you mm. because I'm going to have nothing left at the comm line. And, and realist, uh, realistically, with the comm being a prime, you're going yeah. to give it everything anyway. So you're not really going to have anything left for Radio Tower. That, so that was exactly the point I'm making. If people are accelerating after the comm, they've done the comm wrong. Like that yeah. is basically it, it is an FTP test, isn't it? You're, you're going to be doing FTP probably slightly below because we're, we're talking a bit more than 20 minute power, but you're going to be doing that 20 minute power as long as you can on this climb, aren't you? Um, mm -hmm. you're, you're going to be above FTP, I think for the, it, so you should be at or slightly above FTP for the climb. And then you will be in immense amounts of pain the rest of the race. <laughs> Yeah. So, which is to be expected yeah um and this so interestingly when we when we did this go way back in uh, heard summer racing league one uh, last year it was one of the early sea races i did and people were mm. changing bike at the top because you had a sprint segment on the way back to the pier because we were doing a slightly different route but no we've got volcano so so i don't think we're looking at a bike change at this point um, no, when we did this in hsrl it was mountain right yeah um so i guess if you're by yourself and waiting for somebody anyway, or you don't have anybody with you anyway, um, if you're going to climb Volcano solo, the Tron is faster than a climbing bike because it's flat enough hmm. uh, solo. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, if, if, you start, if you started on a climbing bike, it might be worth it. Um, it might not, I'm not sure it's worth starting on a climbing bike because there's, um, you know, there's one kilometer of hill and nine kilometers of flat before you get to the start of Epic KOM. Yeah. yeah so, um, so let's let's talk about a volcano. Um, we've talked about it before. It is a it is a very draftable hill. Um, uh, what are we talking about? It's uh, it says it's roughly four k's at three point two percent. So um, compared to nine and a half to four percent, which is epic. So it, it's slightly flatter. Um, 
easier to draft. Having said that, I've always found it harder to draft on. I don't. I think this is probably hitting where I am weak as a Swift rider. It's probably my my sort of eight to ten or five to ten minute power isn't great, and that's probably why I struggle. Whereas my kind of when I'm just sat at around threshold, I can sort of, that. That's when I can draft other people who are also sat around threshold. But um, yeah. Always struggled my, on volcano. My my problem with volcano is I've never been around a group when I hit the volcano, and that's always been my problem. Um, so, looking at PRs, my PR on volcano is seven eleven. Um, I think if I was able to draft, I could probably do six forty five, six fifty five. Um, but I'm, I'm never with a group when we actually hit the volcano, and I probably won't be this time either because it's too late into a race. Yeah, and that's a very important point, isn't it? It is at the back end of the race. So going to be a lot, lot of people riding on their own. Yeah. So given your usual hammer the primes tactic, Craig, I'm going to go back to my, my point earlier. If you are, is it worth sitting at the top of the, the radio tower and waiting for people? I don't know if I'd sit at the top of the radio tower and wait for somebody. I think I might be taking the rate, the radio tower climb a little easier to wait for somebody. But I mean, remember that, you know, uh, shoot, what are we at for points? Are we two points per position or three, James? Um, two. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't want to wait for a big group either. Um, mm. So, it's a uh, well unless i guess you could because if you've beaten them up if you've beaten them up at epic you're pretty probably pretty confident you can beat them up volcano and i think that's the wider point for me is, is actually if you're beating them up epic are they going to be that useful up volcano probably going to be tired are they going to be going fast enough for you to actually benefit from a draft effect um so yeah, probably just carry on and get the whole damn thing over with um, and then curse James Bailey for his stupid route decisions and uh, enjoy a recovery bit. Yeah, so I mean, what are we at at that point? I mean, you can be really hopeful that the... So for me as a B or you as a C, Steve, the category above is catching you at that point. That would be very useful. I think, I think would, realistically, the category above has, has sailed past me. On the yeah, I, I, I think even at the top end of B, the A's have probably already gone past up, up either up the Epic or up the Radio Tower. I think probably up the Radio Tower. I, I, I think it depends on if you're in one of the big, uh, one of the big, the big numbers time slots. Mm. You might have a second group of, of A's that's uh, that's there for you if you're a B, or same thing with the C's. Uh, I, I think this is going to be not quite as bad as big foothills, but there's going to be, you know, multi-category groups forming all over the place mm -hmm. because it, it's, yeah, it, it's going to be mayhem, which is fun. Yeah. Should be good. So we've uh, we've we've crested volcano. I, I'm going to send it a standard warning. I I've struggled and been dropped a number of times on the volcano descent. Um, just not getting up to speed, not being in a group, being a bit lighter. It's just I, I just hate it. It's not a fun descent. Um, the one you have to be careful of. And then we come around back to the marina and sprint, sprint, sprint uh, for GC, don't we? So or just pedal over yep. and die. 
um, mm. depending, depending on how you're feeling. So, um, yeah, genuinely genu- exciting course, this one. Um, I, think it's, uh, I think it's a fun race course, although... So, Steve, uh, I do have to say... Bonus uh, tower is... On the, uh, so, Steve, on the Volcano Descent, and this is one that I've... I mean, I struggle with it, too. Um, the, the biggest thing is you can't rest. When, when you hit the comm banner, you can't rest. You have to keep attacking. Um, and it's it's so hard because you push so hard for the banner, for the time, for the scoring. And but then you have to you have to stay on all the way around the flat. And it's yeah, no, it's it's not a descent to rest at all. I mean, you're going to get a couple, you know, 20, 30 second breaks in there, but it is not a rest descent, even le- much less so than epic. Yeah. So there's practically no super tucking in there at all. Um, you, you can get yourself to a point where you can super tuck, but you do pretty much have to sprint to get there. Yep. Um, so what we what we thinking bike choice? Um, I think what you said earlier, Craig, is is what what have we got? We've got ten and a half. Call it 14, 15 k's of climbing. Uh, in what is a roughly 45k route so only about a third of the route is is uphill um, although that is all the primes um, so are we thinking climbing bike obviously we're thinking pink tron but those of you who have or orange tron if you're dutch um, those of us that haven't got the tron uh, what are we thinking next so i i i think and we touched on this before we start broadcasting today um that a lot of it depends on where are you going to be in the field? Are you going to be on your own? If you're on your own, you might want to think about a climbing bike. But if you're, if you're looking to compete for GC points as well as prime points, then absolutely pink drum. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, I mean, it's, it is tough. Um, I think Epic, and this is one where you know, I say, uh, and I, I said when we were talking earlier, and this is more about us, where, you know, for somebody that's at that, you know, somebody that's fast enough towards the, the uh, top of uh, the top of B, that you are, you're working through and at, you're the same speed as the Zwift Insider tests then volcano calm you're actually faster to go arrow than light but for somebody that's going at a slower speed it's not the case so it's that, that's kind of the, the, the tempering here i mean so i don't know where it is I don't, I don't know whether it's if you're b you're faster with you're faster with tron or maybe even arrow uh and, and a even more so but it, there's a there's a spot where it gets less and less of an issue um, as you go through. Yeah. But you're taking the Tron. Probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So, well, well, that's that one ready, and we'll uh, be interesting to see what happens. Uh, any news on the uh, prime situation? Are you going to be able to actually calculate the scores, James? Or uh... Probably not this weekend, but hopefully very early next uh, next week. Um, so it shouldn't be too much of a delay. Oh, brilliant. That's good news. Um, so 
on that, let's find out what, what order of the day, days of the week happening in this week, James. So on Sunday and Monday, we have the um, <clears throat> first event of our new series of Herd of Mountain Goats. Um, we'll kick that off with a race up the Alp. Um, then on Monday, well, Sunday stroke Monday stroke Tuesday, um, we have um, week four of the Stampede, which is a single lap up Greatest London Loop, which will include Keith Hill. Um, then on Tuesday, we have the second event of the Herd Series, um, and that is three laps of Volcano Circuit Count Clockwise. Then on Wednesday and Thursday, we have um, week four of a bullseye, which is four laps of a seaside sprint. Before we head back to um, Herd Summer Racing League, which is meant to be Chain Chomper, but sadly that may not be the case because there is an issue on Zwift where a lot of people are getting the cone of shame on the country sprint, which may not be fixed in time. How weird. Very strange. Yeah. I don't understand how that's somehow deployed into the game. How that's something that's not switched on by the race and it's switched on just for a second. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's actually switched on from the entire route. So basically, whenever anyone does like double their FTP on a segment, they get coned, which obviously... Most people should be able to do double their FTP on a 10-second sprint. So that, that may well get changed. Um, I need to get confirmation as to whether or not it's been fixed. Um, as of earlier this week, it hadn't been. So I will come up with something new if it has not. So, James, given that I think uh, definitely me, and I think you and Steve as well, were uh, anticipating James Jumper. W would you consider flip-flopping it with or something that's scheduled later in the season? Or uh, Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think Chain Chomper is actually a fantastic primes race course um, with um, two climbs and a sprint per lap. Um, chuck in the element of the uh, changes in terrain. I think it's a really, really good course. Um, and I like the length of the KOMs um, and, and it's a short sprint as well, which most people seem to enjoy. Um, I, I, I think Chain Chomper, once it's working properly, would be a brilliant course. Okay, good. Sorry, um, Craig, when you were asking me earlier about um, switching it with something else, I thought you were talking about something to do with primes rather than the whole coning thing oh yeah yeah no yeah so i yeah i meant to uh to switch this to later in the season as opposed to uh just replacing it with another route to swap mm -hmm. it with something you'd planned for later yep i can swap it so cool i'm gonna um actually throw back something we we're talking about a bit earlier but um uh, basically every week I've decided to start stalking people on um, the herd pages and see what they're asking questions about. Last week it was a bit about the, um, the rules for the herd series because they change um, and it's always good to remind people what the rules are because uh, it's a bit disappointing when you turn up for a race, think you've won and then head to Zwift Power, some this site you have to head off outside the game. Uh, anyway, I'll step away from that rant um, uh, and you find you've lost. Uh, but this week I noticed somebody was talking about uh, being dropped on descents and trainer difficulty and whether that has anything to do with it and how they could ride descents better. Um, given there's a lot of descending this week, 
Um, I thought we'd just talk some general principles. So um, first things first, uh, the super tuck. Um, so a lot of people when they're new to the game don't know that the super tuck exists. Um, yeah. When you get to it's 57 or 58 kph, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is in miles per hour. Um, you your avatar changes. You can stop pedaling. You'll see the avatar um, on other riders around you if they're doing the same speed as well. Drop into a different position. Um, this super tuck aerodynamic position and you go very fast for zero watts. Um, so that's to, probably... cl to clarify very, very quickly, your trainer difficulty setting has no bearing on how good your super tuck is. It, it does make a difference to how you mark the descent, though. So we, we will come to that. So it, 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 it does, um, but I saw a couple of points around that point. So I just wanted to clarify that your super tuck will be yeah. just as good if you have 0% training difficulty or if you have 100. Exactly. So you need to be doing 57 kph, the gradient needs to be three minus three percent or steeper, um, and that's it really. And there is some interesting. I didn't look this up before we had the chat. It's bad for me, but if you go to Swift Insider, Eric's done a test, and I believe that in a pack, the super tuck is faster than it is individually. So the group dynamics still seem to have an effect on people who are super tucking as well. So if you're in a group, and also this is a great time trip team time trial tactic. Often some people will keep pedaling and it's actually more effective for the whole team to super tuck because you'll all go faster than by one of you pedaling at the front and people super tucking behind. Um, so that's the super tuck. I think it's the first big tip on descending. The second one, I think Craig nailed this, is that you cannot rest. Um, it's very easy to hit the top of prime, sit there and rest and somebody behind you just whizzes past you and you can't get back on their wheel. Remember, the draft effect is real. The draft effect increases with speed. What also increases your speed while well, it's going downhill, isn't it? So um, the, the draft effect is stronger going downhill. If you miss out on that draft effect, um, then you're going to be in trouble there. Um, any other tips before we get to training difficulty, before we open that particular can of worms, any other tips on descending uh, and that kind of tactic, folks? Eat loads of pizza. <laughs> be heavy. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually, James. So... Much like it's easier for lighter climbers to climb, it's easier for heavier riders to descend. Uh, we all learnt this when we did the team time trial up the Alp and uh, a bunch of the quackers waited for one of the other teams at the top and they all whizzed past us on the descent. 100 kilo Nate went a lot faster than 68 kilo Steve, I'll tell you that, down the hill. So uh, weight does make a difference. Um, important if you're in a pack as well if you're a heavier rider you'll have to do less work on the descent if you're a lighter rider you'll have to do more work to stay with those heavier riders so it is possible that kind of a heavy rider so Craig could for example super tuck away from Becker just on the, the kg difference basically on that one um, Becker would have to put more effort in to, to stay uh, up with Craig. Craig is shaking his head has Becker put on loads of weight? Or... No uh, <laughs> Becker is so. actually uh, enough smaller than me that she's much more aero Ah, uh, yes, of course. There's so height, that's one where, uh, yeah, yeah, so uh, height is a disadvantage as well, as well as being more heavy. Um, and this was, so this was interesting. So the, chat, the, the the original poster was saying he's quite a tall rider. So I imagine that is more an effect. And, and an interesting one, I remember, I remember Marialine suffering from this when she first went into ZRL. She's quite tall and she's Dutch. All Dutch people seem to be just really tall um, and love orange. Uh, but she was saying it's the first time she's been kind of above average, if that makes sense, in the pack. So she was struggling a bit with the pack dynamics because suddenly she was a tall rider and getting more drag, whereas in the normal mixed races, 
not suffering so much. It was kind of the pack dynamic was a bit different. Um, so yeah, weight makes a difference when you go down. Uh, height makes a difference to drag. Try and be up with people on their draft. Um, I've not raced and used the anvil yet. Have you turned it on for this race, James? I have not. <laughs> that would have been fun. Um, so, and would have caused utter chaos. Um, so I don't, I've known nothing about the anvil um, power-up. I know it adds weight, much like the feather takes away weight. Um, presumably makes you go downhill a bit quicker. Uh, so, right. So we talk trying I, got dropped. I got dropped with the anvil. In, oh, right. on Surrey Hills I did uh, no so it was so I didn't use the so I misused my anvil uh, so I waited too long and the guy behind me uh, sprinted hit his anvil right as he hit my draft and went past I never got I never got his wheel again oh that's uh, that I tell a lie I have raced with the anvil but I did do that Surrey Hills on ZRL so uh yeah, and it was with nobody, so it made utterly no difference uh, when I deployed it on my own. Um, okay, I'm, I'm getting the can opener out, uh, and I, I've grasped the worms. Uh, trainer difficulty. <laughs> so, I, right. I, uh, should we I start with what? Let, let's start with what is trainer difficulty. So, trainer difficulty is just effectively it's it's like selecting what gears you have on the back of the bike. Um, you can get climbing bikes, which have a broader range of gears. So you it's easier to pedal up a hill because you've got better gear ratios. You're still putting out the same number of watts, but the pedaling is easier because you're taking advantage of the gearing. This is what trainer difficulty does to you. So uh, if you are at 100% trainer difficulty, you will be simulating 100% of the gradient asterisk. And I'll come back to the asterisk. If you are at 0% trainer difficulty, you will not simulate any of the gradient. So a 10% gradient will feel on your bike exactly the same as a flat road or a minus 10% gradient. You'll have to put out the same number of watts to go the same speed. It will feel exactly the same. You won't change bike and you'll turn your smart trainer into effectively a dumb trainer. It's just a wheel on trainer. But to clarify, once you hit the hill, you will slow down, even if you are set to 0% trainer difficulty yes. because Training difficulty has nothing to do with difficulty at all. Yes. Yeah, so then we come on to the more simple physics equation is that if I need 100 watts to do a certain speed on a 0% gradient, when I hit a 5% gradient, that 100 watts is going to make me go slower because I'm going up a hill now, I'm fighting gravity more, Zwift is simulating that. Likewise, when I go downhill, if I do 100 watts, I'm going to go faster than I would normally on the flat faster than we're going up the hill because Swift is simulating it being downhill and gravity would be assisting me. So we still have to put energy in, we still have to pedal um, and trainer difficulties shouldn't make too much of a difference um, to if we're putting this consistent wattage out, how fast I go uphill compared to Craig. If we both put 200 watts out and we're both the same weight and we're both the same height, we will go the same speed regardless of how we've set our training difficulties because we are putting the same amount in and it's just how it feels on our bike, what gears we have to use on the bike that is different. Yeah, so, However, the, <laughs> so the big reason to, to mess with trainer difficulty is because the terrain that's in the game is not necessarily the same terrain that is outside my door so I've got a completely different setup on my on my bike than I would have 
for riding the terrain that's in Zwift. I mean, that's, exactly. that's the reason why somebody is going to lower the trainer difficulty to 50%, which is the default, or 30% or whatever. And Unless the other thing for racing is that the less you're shifting, the more you've got power on. Yeah, this is, on, this is on, where on Craig has mentioned the slightly cheaty bit about. So most people who race do have a slightly lower trainer difficulty, and it's because it. And this is up to the top, top, top racers for exactly that reason that when you are shifting, you are not putting power through the drivetrain, which means you are not putting power through the game. Fewer shifts. From for me, uh, my smart bike changes. There isn't like the whole sort of delay whilst you're switching gears, but it changes gears quite slowly. Um, so if I hit a hill and all of a sudden I can barely turn the wheels, I want to be able to change gear quickly. Um, so rather than having to change gear three times, um, I use a low train of difficulty, which means I only have to change once or twice. Yeah. So it is, if we were um, completely true about how we wanted to race in Swift, we would say to everyone, you have to use 100% train of difficulty because that's the most accurate thing, but it would then mess with a load of people because as Craig says, if you don't, I might have a setup that means I don't have a granny gear that allows me to cycle up a 14% hill. It's going to be really hard. It's going to put me off the game. Do we want to play? Asterisk. Let's come back to that one. The other big asterisk is everybody's trainer is difficult. It's different. So for example, my old tax could only simulate up to about 10, 12% gradients. That meant on certain parts of on top, on certain parts of uh, the Alp, on certain parts of other climbs, Bologna. even if I had, Bologna is a good example, even if I had my trainer set to 100% trainer difficulty, I am not doing 100% of the gradient because I'm doing 100% of what my trainer can simulate for me. Um, so I'm doing 12%, whereas James might, on his what bike might be doing the true 14, 15, 16%. So... This is where I get a bit angry with the people who are like, oh, it's not real if you don't use 100% train difficulty. Well, are you considering the different bike setups? Are you considering that everyone's able to simulate the gradient the same way as you can? So, um, so that's my even asterisk. Even beyond that, Steve, <laughs> even beyond that. Double um, asterisk time, yes. So uh, I think we're up to three. So for people of different, so the amount, the what the trainer is doing is adding resistance. So that resistance isn't going to match up to a hill of the same gradient for people of different weights. So for James is going to get, even with if we were both using the same trainer, which we're not because I don't have a watt bike. Um, but it, so if we're using, even if we're using the same trainer, James is going to have a simulation at 100% of a steeper hill than I am because I weigh more than James. Yeah, and it's all about the watts you're putting in, the power you're putting in through your legs, how much resistance it's giving. Generally, if you're bigger, you will put more watts to go the same watts per kilogram. It's getting very complicated and sciencey. The reason we mentioned training difficulty though, and this is where some people can get caught out, is when you're going downhill, much like when you're going uphill, you need to have gears to go to to keep pedaling because it stays hard. If you don't have gears to go to the other way when you're going downhill, you can spin out. So you can find yourself, your wheel's going around really, really fast and you're just sort of flatlining the total number of watts you can generate at that point. So some people have found that actually if they have their training difficulty too low, 
they can't keep up with people at the early stage of a sprint when you're all putting that sprint in to get to your super tuck because you're spinning out, you're, you're just wheels going around, you're not generating extra watts and you don't go down there. So it is one to watch out for. I'm really surprised that people have managed that because I've never managed it on my, <laughs> so my gearing. I, I personally feel this is nonsense because the, um, so with the, with the trainer difficulty, if, so let's say that my trainer, the maximum incline it can, it can re reproduce is 10%. So if I've got it at 50%, it could go up to 20 per, it, you know, it, it's showing me a 10% at a 20% in game, which I don't think there's any 20% in game, but with Zwift, it already instructs the, the trainer. So it presents a, it's already half. So at 100%, it's already at 50% for the downhill gradient. And then that gets less and less. So like you said, at zero, there's no downhill gradient. So lower saying that your trainer difficulty is too low and that's why you can't keep up downhill is poppycock yeah i mean um i so what bike will simulate up to 20 percent um i run my training difficulty at 25 i've done full out sprints downhill and i definitely don't spin out yeah this is where i am um... Yeah, I am confused. Um, so it does. I, I was confused listening to Craig. If that helps. Well, so, th so <laughs> I, I, I am the same as Craig that I don't quite believe that people can spin out going downhill. I'm not quite sure that, that it's really a thing, but I know enough people that I trust to say it is a thing. I know Shane Lamas did a great video on it. It's complicated. So if you are really struggling with downhills, we've mentioned a whole load of other things. And this is why we talked about training difficulty right at the end. A, it's a bit controversial, and B, not really sure it makes a difference. So there's all the other things we mentioned about making sure you stay up with the group, about making sure you know where the super tuck is and understand when to super tuck, um, and actually just KGs making a difference as well um, that you need to think about first. Uh, if you're tall, it's going to be a disadvantage. You're going to have to work harder. If you're light, it might be a disadvantage. You might have to work harder. Um, so P.S. P.S. If you've ever spun out on your toughest gear going downhill, please let us know. We'd like to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've not even managed that going very, very fast, like down a proper descent on my on my road bike. So I, 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 I mean, I'm, I, 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 I sprint. <laughs> show off. Um, I, I, I sprint downhill in Zwift on not my toughest gear, and I don't spin out. So yeah, and it. it I, I, I would go back to people who are saying this and go try some of the um, cadence drills in Swift. And like, if you look at the pros, they're doing 120 RPM pretty easily. Uh, if I do 120 RPM, it feels like my arms will fall off because mm. things are spinning that quickly. I'm not sure my eyeballs are safe. Um, so if you can get used to higher cadences, that can it can it feels terrific at first. It does help um, get used to higher cadences. Um, actually on, on that point sorry just to quickly jump in steve um cadence drills are actually really really useful and there's something that you can get improvement from really really quickly so I, I i used to have like a fairly standard zwift cadence maybe 60 65 and within probably three four weeks of doing cadence drills up into the 80s and 90s i, I found it really comfortable cycling at 80 um so yeah. it's something that you can work on that you know, a bit, a bit of work, maybe um, once or twice a week that will 
come through really quickly. Uh, I'm going to add another thing. Let's call it a Chevron because I think we've used enough asterisks. Uh, <laughs> there, there was a fashion um, with Lance Armstrong, um, the person we don't name in cycling, um, that won and didn't win seven tours France. He was one of the people that really came in the high cadence. Froome does it a lot as well. If you actually look at the, if you look at pro cycling, there's lots of trends either way. If you look at the pros, there is a big spread of them. So I, I would say to people, having a higher cadence than most average cyclists have is good. Pursuing really high cadences at the, at the expense of lots of other things is probably bad. So like James said, getting to that 85, 90 is probably a good sort of reasonable cadence. That's what probably what you find the average is um, for most good cyclists. And then don't, don't, don't think you have to do that 120 that I mentioned. And I, th I think it's what you feel comfortable with more than anything else. Craig, so you're going to jump I, in with some BMX knowledge here. I can sense well, it's it. Not, it's not just BMX. So I, I guess I do a lot of my cycling on a three-speed. Um, and, uh, you know, a wide-range three-speed. I do, I do BMX. Um, there's a lot of benefit to learning how to cycle at learning how to spin at different rpms and doing it on purpose because there's a lot of people that are really comfortable spinning at 85 say and with the tight ratios in you know modern drivetrains they never have to go anywhere else until they run out of gears but sometimes you don't want to you don't want to shift either um so that, that's something that uh I was yeah. able to with sprints is don't shift. Um, so, and, and that's where you want to start at a low RPM, really start honking it. And then you just, you spin like crazy through the end and you have to be able to still spin really fast with some power at the end to be able to sprint well in Zwift. I, I think I'd, I'd add to that and say that, so I'll, I'll happily sit at probably 80, 85 at race pace. Um, but if I need to surge, I don't want to change gear and I'll switch up to like 95 to 100 to either like get up a hill or get back onto the group that's just um, dropped me out over a short period of time. Um, so the ability to surge your, your, your cadence is very important. Cool. Well, that, so that's, that's made that a lot clearer for everyone, hasn't it? Um, so, um, <laughs> Cool. What's annoyed us about the world of Swift this week, folks? So I'm going to go first and just say that nothing's annoyed me this week, but I still carry some annoyance from last week. Um, however, my annoyance from last week may be resolved by the middle of next week. So it's basically been like a two and a half week annoyance. I'm not entirely sure whether you did what you uh, do with days of the week normally with weeks of the month there for me james but uh, <laughs> probably um, i'm just i'm taking from that there is some annoyance and hopefully it'll be resolved in the future um I, hopefully i'll be able to update race results again um by early next week I which will we make me less annoyed is, we can all file this under good things um that will happen in the world of yeah. um, but I, I have nothing that has specifically happened this week that has annoyed me I'm going to jump in with a controversial one, which again isn't in Zwift, uh, but one of their team is in the Zwift adverts in the UK, so it's a Zwift thing, really. Ineos being really dull in the Tour de France, um, I just like you, you'd have heard me talk about panache, you'd have heard me talk about exciting things. Ineos are just anti panache, uh, just, just just try and win bike races. It's really dull. 
make us love biking, make us love bike racing, uh, stop being dull in yours, um, and Brian Thomas advertised the Swift. So I think that's allowed. Craig, what have you got? I drive a lot. Um, I haven't been on Swift, so I'm on vacation and uh, I've been uh, riding some fun rides uh, in uh, on the east coast of Canada and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm having a great time. The uh, you're off chasing are... primes soon, aren't you? Though you've noticed that you're what is it eighth in a in a com uh, on on the on Strava, so you're you're going to go off chasing some primes. Uh... So uh, I, I was ninth on at the in the last five k of an eighty k ride, um, and then I uh, so I, I went back and tried it again, and I, I got my fourth that I thought was pretty realistic. Um, I'm not sure I can get any better. <laughs> just, just like to um, add to that conversation, I'm um, third place worldwide on a um, Strava segment, and um, Gavin Irons is a miserly eighth. And, and, and Simon, Simon Gardner is not even in the top ten. He did point out it's because he stopped near the top and waited for the two of you. That, that's his so. excuse. I, I don't actually remember that happening. Um, I, I think he probably got off his bike and started walking because if, if I can get third place on a flat segment at 25 and a half kilometres an hour, <laughs> you don't have to be going very fast to beat it. So, I, do, I, do, I do love it on Strava when a, a new bit of tarmac opens and you're, you're momentarily god um, as you are one of the first 10 people that cycled down there. Look, that, that, that bit of car, that bit of tarmac has been there for two and a half years now. I'll have you know. <laughs> right, folks. Uh, I think we should uh, draw to an end as we talk about increasingly strange things on this podcast. But uh, it's been a pleasure as ever speaking with both of you. Good night. Indeed. Good night, everyone. Good night.